All right. I think we are ready to get going. So let's begin. So on the television um, station, Fox, there is this awesome show, and it's called The Masked Singer. Anybody seen The Masked Singer before? It's, it's, it's amazing. What they do is they take famous people, and they hide them behind a costume and this gigantuan mask. And the objective is that you are to outsing your other opponents. And so as they kind of go through the contest, they um, start sharing different clues about who they are because their identity is disclosed. So they want to show you a couple of the clues as to maybe who they are so that you could figure it out. And then um, what happens is, is these guest judges figure out who is who and they make their guesses. They get to the point in the show when the character is about to be uh, kicked off. They've lost the competition. And so on the stage, the whole audience begins to chant out together, take it off, take it off, take it off. They're only talking about the mask, though, okay? Like, let's just make that clear. Uh, and then all of the sudden, what happens is three or four people come around this massive mask, and they take the mask off, and the identity of the person is then revealed. It's fantastic. And then what happens is that person stands on the stage. They begin to tell the story as to why they chose the identification they did. Why did they choose the mask? And it really had most of the time a lot to do with something out of their past, experiences that they've gone through. And so this identity for them allows them to, and they stand on that stage and they're like, I think for the first time in my life, I'm ready to come out from behind the mask. I'm ready to be the person who I know I should be. And keep in mind, these are famous people. Don't they have all their stuff together already? And all the money to boot, right? But all of a sudden, you've got this person who's saying, I'm ready to take my mask off, and I'm ready to begin again. And I actually think that that should be the exact same thing many of us in this space today should be saying as well. It's time for me to take off my masks too, and get back to the identity that God has created for me to be in. So, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the Word of God. We're going to look at what He has to say when it comes to our identity and perhaps the masks that you wear, the masks that I wear. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. If you do not have your Bible, the words will be on the screen for you as well. But let's read. Let's see what it has to say. It says, But that isn't what you learned about Jesus Christ. You know, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, I want you to throw off your old self, your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, what I need you to do is put, uh, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. I want you to say it with me. I want you to put on your new nature, your new self, created to be like God, Truly righteous and holy. That word righteous means right living. That we clothe ourselves with some new clothing and it is righteous living and holiness. Will you pray with me as we've read the word of the Lord together today? Father, thank you for the subject we're about to tackle. 
thank you that you love us and that you want to see change in us today. And so I pray that you will help us to be aware of what you want to say. Help us to be more like our Savior, Jesus Christ, is what I'm praying for today. So Holy Spirit, do your work as only you could do. And we give this to you, we commit it to you, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, Amen. amen. The subject I want to speak to us about today is behind the mask. Now, last week, Pastor Tyson beautifully stepped in onto the stage and he delivered a message in very short time and did a fantastic job as he did that for us, didn't he? I mean, it was great. And he specifically spoke about the 10 unhealthy symptoms that happen in this thing called emotionally healthy spirituality. And this is our study as a church for these next couple of months. And so as he shared those symptoms, what I would like to let you know is that all of those symptoms that we walked through last week, we are now going to integrate them into the topics that we're about to talk in these next several Sundays moving forward. The goal here is that we are on a journey to be more like Jesus. We're supposed to look more like him. And so what we are challenging ourselves with is how do we take the unhealthy things inside of us and turn them to healthy moments? In fact, the whole position of this series is that you cannot be spiritually healthy if you are emotionally unhealthy. And so we're going to put those two pieces together and try to figure this out. And one of the ways in which we're going to do that is by different visuals and images like the iceberg that you see on the, on the picture today. And the iceberg is representative of you and I. That above the water, we look good sometimes. We put on a great show for people. And yet underneath the surface, there is this grandeur mass that sits there. And that mass is able to take you and I off of course and do damage to our lives. And so today we're going to jump into what I would say is the foundational piece of how you can establish emotionally healthy spirituality. And it is this word called self-awareness. Somebody say self-awareness. Now the interesting thing about being self-aware is this. There are a lot of people who go to their graves and they have no hot clue who they are. They've lived their whole entire life not knowing what God has actually wanted and made them to be. In fact, many people will go through the course of their life and they are trying to emulate somebody else's life. They want to do what that person is doing because they like what they're doing better than the cards that I have been dealt with over here. Some of us as well, we live under the expectations of other people. And we live our whole entire lives trying to please person A, person B, rather than knowing the true authentic self that Jesus wants inside of every single one of us. And so today, we're asking this of us, that you are to be self-aware and that in knowing yourself, when you know who you are, it is so intricately connected to your ability to know God the Father. Like these two things, you cannot separate. And what we see in our text today is that we are to take our old self, the false self, the sinful self, and we are to put on a new self. And when we do that, we clothe ourselves a little bit differently with right living holiness that models and reflects Jesus Christ. So in, in, in uh, masks, actually, we're a very important um, part of ancient Greek theater. 
In fact, the different masks would have different expressions so that the characters to be played on the stage by those actors would help us as the audience to kind of feel and know what was going on. In fact, these actors or these stage players, their only purpose was to evoke from you and I all of the emotions and all of the feelings that they could. That was the goal. That was the emphasis in which, in which they lived in. In fact, the, the very word actor or stage player in the Greek language is the word hypocrite. Sound familiar? Now, the, the idea of the hypocrite is an interpreter from underneath the mask. And it's very similar, is it not, to this iceberg that we're talking about already, that underneath the water's layer, there's something underneath that's there. And oftentimes it's not healthy. And so it is with those of us who also wear the masks that we wear in our life, that there is an interpretation happening underneath, inside of each and every single one of us. In fact, if you've had the privilege before, um, you, maybe you've been able to go to this thing called a masquerade party. Has anybody ever gone to a masquerade party before? They're tons of fun. I mean, you take these masks and you place them over your face. You walk into a party and you're mingling with people. And a couple of years ago, this was the mask that I took. My stage name is Long Nose, okay? And... Uh, it's, it's perfect, right? But long, and so we, you wear these pieces. But I want us to see this thing about going to a masquerade party because I actually think many of us live in a constant masquerade party. And we're going to talk about that for a little bit today. But a masquerade is this. It is a false show or it is a pretense. It's where you and I are pretending to be someone that you actually are not supposed to be. One of the great gifts that I got this year for Christmas from Lisa, or Mrs. Claus, whatever you'd say, uh, she bought me this book, uh, and, and it's an autobiography, and the, the, the title of the book is called Will. And I was so excited to read this book. I, I actually wanted to get it. And so it is this story about Will. And the, the last name of Will is Will Smith, a.k.a. known as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air right? So amazing. Like I expected to open up the book and right away on the first page, I, I expected to, to see this. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Now, you know the song, some of you, but those were not the words that when I opened the book that I saw right away. In fact, the words were this, he punched her so hard that she knocked her out cold. It was my mom lying on the floor from a fatal blow from my father. And because of that moment, my whole entire life, I have lived under a mask of fear. That one isolated moment of watching my mom get knocked out cold by my dad changed everything about who I was. The very reason why I go and I do comedy the way I do is I think that if I can make you laugh at me and I think that I could wash away all of your problems under the sake of a laugh that I have accomplished. But the reality what Will was communicating is that his whole entire life he's lived with this mask of fear. And it's interesting, is it not? Because I'm going to make a statement right now. We all have masks. We've all lived under these masks. We have done things that have caused us a certain trajectory in our life, and we have placed these masks on our face. And for a lot of us, that has not been helpful. Jesus himself wants to chime into this mask idea thing that we have so 
so much of in our existence. And he's speaking specifically to people in Matthew 23, uh, those who are religious, those who think they've got their stuff together when it comes to Jesus. And this is what he says. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? What does he say? Hypocrites. Interesting, right? You interpreters of that which is underneath. You hypocrites. He says, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, like an iceberg, the top. You clean the top, but inside you're filthy dirty. You're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. First, wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And he doubles down what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, Beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. How would you love that descriptor of Jesus to you? Right? But outwardly, it says, you look like righteous people. You look good. You got it all together. But inwardly, under your masks, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Wow. That's pretty strong. But you have to see what Jesus is doing when he speaks to them and he speaks to us this way, is he is identifying that inside every single one of us, there is a disconnect from the true self that God has created you to be and to live and to walk in. If you were to call yourself a hypocrite, you are professing to have a certain moral standard, but then in practice, you ignore that moral. That's what a hypocrite means. So I got good news and bad news for us today. What would you like to start with? Okay, let's start with the bad news. You're a hypocrite. You. You are a hypocrite. In fact, look at your neighbor. You don't have to say it to him, but just let him know with your eyes. You are, you are a hypocrite. And the, and the good news is, is this. We're all hypocrites. So welcome to Callwood Church, a place full of hypocrites. And I know because of what Jesus says, the goal is not to remain the hypocrite. The goal is to put on your new self. The goal is always to be to put on the new clothes that Jesus has. And the inner hypocrite that many of us know and relate with needs to be put to death. And this is the journey that we walk in in discipleship under emotionally healthy spirituality. See, for our EHS, Jesus is asking all of us, all of us in this place today, he's asking you to take off the mask and to get to the true authentic self that he's asked you to be. Surprise, my name is Sean, one of the pastors here on this team. I know you didn't know it was me. <laughs> I want to say thank you for all your prayers over this last week for our family, but we're excited to be back. And we believe that today God has got a message for you and it's going to be a hard one. But I guarantee you that if you allow him the ability, he's going to do something powerful in you today. But Jesus is saying, will you take off the masks that you have built into your life, the things that keep you from your true authentic self and the things that he wants to speak to us today? So if we are to be on a journey today of becoming aware of who we are, self-awareness, I want you to see a couple of things. Number one, Jesus is going to ask you to take off your masks, all right? So I'm not talking the literal masks that you're wearing right now because we're supposed to wear those in our public spaces, but uh, take off your masks, right? That's what he is saying. 
The second thing that he's going to do, though, with this is that he's going to take your emotions and your feelings, and he's going to do something with those. Now, it's interesting, too, because if I were to ask you the question, have you ever met somebody in your life who has had very strong, unhealthy emotions or reactions or feelings that they've done out loud? Have you ever met a person like this before? Maybe it doesn't happen in Canada anymore. Uh, but uh, I think uh, you kind of have an idea. You know what I'm talking about. We've met these types of people. And in fact, that person may be you. I don't know. But we've met these people who, under different circumstances or, or moments where perhaps insecurities have stepped into play, and it has created this mask and these layers that are not well. But we have all met the people who have had unhealthy emotional outbursts or unhealthy, emotion, or unhealthy feelings that have happened. We see this absolutely everywhere. And you and I are no exception to the rule and the ability that we have. But we have to key in on this idea is that we all have been made with these emotions and these feelings. In fact, a lot of the pushback that I'm going to have with a message like this, it's going to come from people like me, known as men. You know, men, when it comes to this thing of feeling and emotions, like, you don't talk to me, okay? Like, I'm not going to do that touchy-feely sort of stuff. Let's just eat meat and watch UFC. Like, that, that's kind of a stereotype, but it's like we get this pushback. But the reality is, is that there is such a rich and deep theology when it comes to the subject of emotions and feelings. Not only does Jesus want to help you today and me with our masks He's going to do it through your emotions and your feelings. And we have to understand that our Father, our Savior, and everyone in between these pages had lives full of emotion, lives full of feeling. Why? Because that's how God made you to be. God made you with these emotions. God made you with these feelings. But what God does not want with us is for us to operate in those things in unhealthy practices versus healthy. That's why we are challenged today. Take off the old self. Get to the new self because of what he wants to do in you. Pete Cesaro says that at the very least, the call of discipleship includes experiencing our feelings, reflecting on our feelings, and then thoughtfully responding to our feelings under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I love this. Psychologists will communicate to you and I that your emotions, they are a good thing. In fact, having emotions is not a bad thing. But the greater wisdom in those moments would say this, that as important as emotions are, your feelings are not facts. Chew on that. Your feelings are not facts. What they are is they are responses to what has happened around you but they are not facts. Ignatius of Loyola, who was the founder of this group called the Jesuits, and they were a very intense group of people who really took following Jesus quite seriously. And so they would go to many extremes and many lengths to practice the ways of, of Jesus. He says this about our feelings today. The issue is not by any means to blindly follow our feelings, but to acknowledge them as part of the way that God is going to communicate to us. See, God has made you to be an emotional and a feelings person. And it's not about suppressing that down. He's saying, bring it up. I want to use that as we begin to strip away the layers of the old self to get to the new self. 
Ignatius um, talk to, uh, will talk to us about the different types of feelings that we have because we all understand that we've had good emotions and good feelings, and then we also have um, bad emotions and bad feelings as well. And so he differentiates by using them in two types. First one he calls consolations. And consolations are the interior movements and the feelings that, are, um, that will bring joy, life, peace, or the fruit of the Spirit. We know what these things are. We've experienced them in our time. And God wants to use those things to even work with the masks and the layers that are in our lives as it is. Then he uses a second group, and he calls them desolations. And the desolations are those emotions and those feelings that bring us death and inner turmoil, disquiet, and spiritual turbulence. Here's the deal for you and I today in emotionally healthy spirituality is that when any of these feelings or emotions come, the only thing that you have to do at that moment is you got to ask yourself a couple key questions. Number one, why did I just do that? Like when those emotional unhealthy outbursts begin to take place or the quiet assassin type moments that you can perform in, when those moments happen, you have to ask yourself, why? Why am I doing that? You got to go beneath the surface of the iceberg and to see what's happening underneath. You got to ask yourself questions like, what do I do with this? Like if I am doing this in an unhealthy way, what is it about me? What's my circumstances? What's my situations that's causing me to be the thing that that Jesus doesn't want me to be. What do I do with that? So we ask why. We ask what? And the third question that we have to ask is how. Like your how matters, folks. You're gonna have emotions. You're gonna have feelings. But how you, how you actually give that to somebody else matters a whole lot right now. And some of us, we have no trouble running our mouth a certain way, whether it be verbally or behind our keyboard hero type statuses that we've made in social media, we will do whatever we can, but your how matters. It matters to the people around you. Because have you ever met one of those unhealthy emotional outburst type people before? How did it make you feel? This is awkward. Like you're like, you got a serious problem and you don't see it because you're blind. Like, we've all had these moments, so we have to ask ourselves these questions. We take the principles of Scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verses 1, where it says that you are to test every spirit that comes your way. And when we begin to, in unhealthy emotional ways, do outbursts, we got to ask ourselves, we got to test the spirit. Is that something of God, or is that something of the devil? And we have to ask these deep questions as to what is taking place in our life. Here's the deal. We all of us, we all struggle with strong emotions and feelings. We all do. It's because that's how God, is, God has made us to be. But here's the problem. At times, I mean, our false self becomes such a part of who we are that we don't even realize it anymore. That's a tough one. Because, I mean, you could probably go to someone you love. You could get from them the strengths, the weaknesses of your life. Then there's this thing called a blind spot. And many of us crash our cars on those blind spots. And yet we could solicit this information around us. But when it becomes so much a part of us, here are some of the things that begin to take place in unhealthy emotional spirituality. You lead with fear. You self-protect. Maybe you get possessive. I know this one all too well, but manipulation comes into play. Self-promotion, self-destructive tendencies, the fact that you simply bleed on other people 
because of your unhealthy emotional outbursts. All of these things happen around us. But in self-awareness, if God is going to take masks off our life, if he's going to use our emotions and our feelings to do it, we need a base. We need a baseline in which to act. Like, how do I go forward? How do I know that in my ability to disappoint and to live unhealthy here, what's my foundation? Where do I go? And I want to take us to Matthew chapter 3. And in Matthew 3, it is the beautiful story of Jesus being baptized. And it says that as Jesus is being baptized, it says that the heavens proclaim these powerful words. And this is God speaking over his son, Jesus. And he just says, this is my loved son. And he brings me great joy. Our base and our foundation today in our unhealthiness of life needs to be what God is communicating about his son, Jesus. That before Jesus ever lifted a finger to heal a person, before Jesus stepped, in foot, stepped foot into a temple to deliver a word, before Jesus fed the multitudes of people with nothing, before Jesus even touched a leper and changed the course of history, before anything Jesus ever did, what did God say to him? I love you, son, for exactly who you are. Not what you're going to do for me, not what you're going to bring to me. I love you for you. And God also proclaims over Jesus that he sees great joy when he looks at his son. Guess what? Jesus looks at you the exact same way today. And he looks at you and he says, you bring me joy. Because some of us are sitting there and like, you have no hot clue because I am so unhealthy. It's ridiculous. I've got so many masks and so many layers to my life. There's no way. No, no, no. God says that he looks at you with great joy. And this is the foundation in which we begin to act because we all got our stuff. We all got our messes, but God still comes to us and he says, I'm gonna love you anyway, son. I'm gonna love you anyway, daughter. And my joy is gonna be the thing that is gonna set you free. Now will you shake off that old self and will you give me your new self? Every single human being has two basic needs to themselves. Number one is, is attachment. Attachment is a survival tactic and, sur and it basically means that I want to know I belong. I want to belong to somebody. And that's one of the beauty things that we've said about this church. You don't have to believe or you don't have to be behave the way we do. You just got to come and belong first. Because everybody needs attachment. The second thing that is a basic need for human survival is this idea of authenticity of what Jesus is talking to us today about. I want to get you to your authentic self. And for me to do that, I'm going to, I'm going to use your emotions. But we do have one problem here, and it is this. Being your authentic self threatens your attachment. Have you noticed this before? That when you're going to just do you and be exactly who God made you to be, have you ever noticed that it rubs some people the wrong way? And, people like, and so all of a sudden, your attachment is separated a little bit as well. But what I'm saying to us today is that in our unhealthiness of emotional, of emotional spirituality, Jesus is trying to get to your true authentic self. I'm here to tell you today that other people may not like you for some of the unhealthy things that are there. I understand that. But do you know one person who will love you no matter what? God. And we cannot forget that as our baseline in dealing with the stuff that we're about to deal with is that God loves you and that he sees you and he has something good for you. But a lot, like many of us, we feel threatened 
in our lives. And that threatening comes because we have an enemy. His name is the devil. And the devil actually tried to threaten Jesus as well. And he tempted him three ways. In fact, the very story that we talked about of what God thinks about you and how we thought about Jesus, the very next chapter, the devil takes Jesus out to the wilderness and he puts three lies in his path. And those lies are completely centered around Jesus' authentic self of who he was going to be. And as the devil tried to communicate the lies, as he tried to tempt Jesus, as he tried to threaten him with this identity that God has already placed on his life, I believe that the devil does the exact same thing with you and I today. And in fact, I'm going to share these three lies, these three places that you and I are threatened today when it comes to the devil. Number one, I am what I do, and it is based on your performance. The devil tempted Jesus and he said, I want you to turn these stones to bread. I want you to perform for me. And the devil asks you and I today, what is your achievement? What have you done with your life? And some of us are going to believe that lie, that I am what I do and that it's about my performance. Don't get caught in that lie. That is not your identity. You do not have to perform in order to get God's attention for your life. He loves you for who you are. The second lie that we see in this moment is that I am what others think. And this has to do with your popularity. He says, cast yourself down. Let your angels come. And I want you to do that so that people will actually believe in you, Jesus. As if Jesus needed us to be his cheerleading squad. That you could do it, Jesus. It wasn't about that. But the lie that the devil brings to us too is that we think that we have to impress people. We have to get people that are going to be on our side and our popularity matters. But I'm here to tell you today, Jesus will love you even when nobody else does. His popularity and how he thinks of you is the only thing that matters in moments like these. And the third one is that I am what I have, which is your possessions. The devil took Jesus up and said, I'll show you all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give them to you if you just bow your knee to me. And many of us live this life. We think that our possessions is how we're going to get success. And they begin to play on the identities that you and I have played. Yet Jesus' desire for you and I is the authentic self. He wants you to take the old things off. And he wants you to clothe yourself with the new things under his management, under his shaping. A great um, modern day theologian, very popular. I'm not kidding you. The wisdom that comes from this individual is great. His name is Shrek. <laughs> and uh, Shrek is this big green ogre, uh, this, this guy who walks around with a talking donkey. How cool is that? Sounds biblical. Rip off. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's walking around with donkey, and he, and he says this, ogres are like onions. And donkey and him have this funny banter session <laughs> to which he answers, no, ogres are like, are like onions because they have multiple layers. And you're supposed to peel those layers away one layer at a time. Now, please, I'm not calling you an ogre. But I'm saying human beings, we are like onions as well, aren't we? With the different masks, different emotions and feelings that we hide behind. 
perhaps due to some very important circumstances and situations that have happened in our lives. Abandonment, divorce, sexual immorality. I mean, the list could go on and on. My insecurities. So I'm going I'm to make sure I put a mask on. I'm going to protect that witch. And Jesus is saying, put the mask down. This is not who I've asked you to be. I want to strip away the layers of your life. I want to take away the old self. I want to give you a new self that understands who he, who she is, and that there is fullness and there is life to what I have. In the practical moments of, of today, I, I want to leave you very quickly with six things. Because how, how do I throw away my mask? How do I throw away my layers? How do I invite Jesus into that mess? And I have six things that I quickly just want to share with you as to what I think that you could do. And it comes from our Ephesians 4 text where I started today. Number one is you got to get alone with God. The scriptures declare in verse 21, it says that since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, means that you have to get alone with God. You say, okay, God, you know, our pastor just put this message in front of us. What do you want me to do with it? Is it even applicable to me? Get alone with God and ask him. Because the second thing is what I want you to do is I want you to ask God to identify the layers or the masks that you wear, that you have. And I already said, we all have them. You may be at a great season of your life where this isn't necessary, and thank God for that. There are many of us who have this stuff and we have to get rid of them. The third thing I'm asking you to do is pray for courage because guess what? If you ask God to reveal the mass, guess what he's going to do? He's going to answer you and that may not be comfortable but I'm here to tell you that when we strip away old layers as painful as it could be, there's something more beautiful about to happen in you and it is a beautiful, beautiful exchange. The fourth thing you need to do is put on new clothes, right? We said that when we get rid of the old self, the new self has to be clothed with righteous living and holiness. Those two words are very simple. It means right living. So if you have any unhealthy patterns emotionally with your feelings, and you know it, that's not right. You know that that's not what God would want for you, so then go deal with it. And as you exchange those old clothes for new clothes, this thing called holiness begins to happen inside of you where Jesus is changing you over and over. Fifthly, speak scripture, speak truth. What I mean by this is some of us are sitting here today and you are like, I am so layered up, Sean. I have got so many masks that God cannot love me and that God is unable to help me with my garbage and my stuff lie because the word of God says that he loves you that he finds great joy in you so no matter what this may be I've got somebody who is greater than this mask and will allow truth to come into your life so invite truth in sixth and lastly don't do this alone too many of us hide behind our masks and they're a killer but open it up bring somebody into the journey let them talk this stuff through with you. Get them to check it to see if it is accurate and the things that God wants for your life. Jesus is saying, take off the mask. Be an onion. Peel a little bit. And watch what he will do with you as you get rid of 
emotionally unhealthy spirituality and exchange it for emotionally healthy spirituality with putting on some new clothes. And I'm telling you, it will be a journey, but he will help you because he loves you and he smiles when he sees you. That's pretty good news today. Will you stand with me and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask a question this morning with all eyes closed, heads bowed, and you're saying, hey, pastor, I've got some layers today. I've got some masks that I'm wearing and I need to give this to Jesus. If that's you today, with no one looking around, just you raise your hand to him today. Say, Jesus, get rid of some of this stuff in me. Shine your light on some of the stuff here and allow it to happen. And there are hands everywhere in this room going up. Jesus, I pray that you will help us today in our emotionally healthy spirituality pursuit. This is about looking like you. And you see our unhealthy emotional patterns that have you know, locked us down and have not been that representation of what you want us to be. And today, this is not about shame, guilt, or condemnation. That's not who you are. What I'm asking for my friends today is that you will allow them to see that you are not done the story yet in them, that you've got a plan. And I ask that you'll give them strength to take off the old self and to put the new self on, to know that you are there with them because they are loved you find great joy in them. Allow optimism to come and allow reality to come because this is some hard work when we place our masks in front of you. It has to do with identity and knowing what you want from us. So please help, Jesus, is what I pray today. Amen. As well as you may be in this room today, maybe you've never made the great exchange of old self to new self laying down your old life and accepting the life of this Father who loves you incredibly much. One of the things that we love here in this church is inviting people to come have a relationship with Jesus. And perhaps today that needs to be your journey. You're like, that's the kind of God that I need to follow. That's a God that I know his love is legitimate compared to all the other loves I've tried, as we sang a little bit earlier today. You see, he wants that relationship with you, but it takes that step of saying, my old self, done. New self, Jesus. And if that's you today, we're asking you to do this. Text the word LIFE to 250-478-7113. We'd love to share with you how to have this relationship with Jesus, this journey of emotionally healthy spirituality. As well as we depart from this place, um, here we go into the week, and part of the opportunity now is to have a discussion around this. So go to your connect groups. Talk about what we're doing today with masks and emotions and feelings. If you don't have a connect group, I'm sure you know somebody who you could talk with. And third, if you'd like to, join us online. You should have been a part of the groups this last Tuesday and Wednesday, online platforms, but the conversation was amazing and you're invited to come and join us. So have a great, great week. Let's get rid of the masks. Let's let Jesus do his thing. And we love you, church. Have a great week, and we will see you next week with Emotionally Healthy Spirituality.